And now, the moment you've all been waiting for, fight fans. It's the Track Stars MMA main card with your man, The Voice. As always, let's start off with some headlines and hot takes. Kobe Covington. Kobe Covington is becoming like just the new annoyance in all of MMA. I mean, this dude is trolling in real life. He's trolling online. He's trolling everywhere that he can. And it came back to bite him. Came back to bite him. He's a guest fighter in Sydney this weekend for the fight there and he gets into it with Fabricio Verdun former champion who seems to keep getting into it with these lighter fighters he got into it with with my man El Kakui Tony Ferguson a little over a month ago and now he's getting into it with a welterweight in Kobe Covington but Kobe Covington is just tripping. He is working his stick to the fullest, but he's going to get hurt probably both inside the octagon and outside the octagon. So they're out on the street. They're jawing back and forth. It's people in between them. Every time Verdun moves, Kobe Covington's way. Kobe Covington is stepping back, stepping back. He just keeps walking back, keeps walking back, looking like a punk. Why are you going to do all this talking? talk all this head about Brazilian people and just about people in general but then when it's time to do something and you're a professional fighter you backing up backing up backing up I got respect for Tony Ferguson because he said I don't care how tall you are I don't care how heavy you are if you come to me with some foolishness oh I'm gonna bring it right back to you but not Kobe Covington no not only was he backing up the whole time the man was lying he was lying so here's what happened like i said the people are in between them they're talking and talking wop kobe covington gets hit in the face he jumps on a live social feed and starts streaming immediately oh man oh man i got hit in the face that's true oh he punched me in the face why you punch me you want to punch me some more he didn't get punched in the face like I said, he got hit in the face, but he didn't get punched in the face. They're in Australia. What better way to hit somebody than to hit him with a boomerang? That's right. He got hit in the face with a boomerang. It was still in the bag. Fabricio was just out buying stuff, minding his own business, ran into Kobe Covington. Got so mad, he threw his boomerang at him and hit him in the face. Gave him a little bitty scratch on his cheek. But this liar is talking about when he punched me in the face. Oh, you want more? You want more? You want to hit me some more? You want to hit me some more? Come on, hit me some more. Now that he's videotaping, he didn't know that the whole thing was being uh, recorded by somebody else across the street lying, saying Fabricio punched him in the face. He didn't do that. And then he doubled down on things, dropping gay slurs, talking about you filthy Brazilian animal. Everybody in Brazil is an animal. Just... Just just doing way, way too much. And again, he's going to get it. And he better watch out because 
not only will he get it in the octagon, but somebody's going to get him outside the octagon as well. Here's what's even worse about it. After all this, he's talking about pressing charges. Really? <sighs> Pathetic. All right, the bug has hit again. This time, it bit in Bellator. As the main event in Tel Aviv, the title fight that was scheduled between Patricio Pitbull and Noah Lahat is off because Pitbull is hurt and unable to defend. Fortunately, we do have some good news in these headlines and hot takes too because the next season of the Ultimate Fighter has been announced. They're going to start holding tryouts in December and this season will be a season of undefeated fighters and trying something new trying to get people to tune in I don't know what the I don't know what the ratings have been like for this last season just personally I haven't been watching it I am looking forward to seeing the new flyweight champion crown but I haven't been watching the season I just haven't I did read that Rachel Ostovich lost in her fight, which I'm not happy about because I was really pulling for her. Uh, Roxanne Montefiore should be taking on Sajara Eubanks. And actually, I remember hearing someone say something in an interview recently about Sarge being a finalist. I don't think they meant to say that, but they did. So I wouldn't be surprised if Roxy gets knocked off next week. Uh, but again, like I said, haven't been keeping up with it, but there's information out there. And from what I hear, it's been good. I just haven't had the time. There have been a couple statements submitted this week. Or I should say statements about two different subjects this week. Two statements came from Anderson Silva regarding the potential USADA violation. Why are you making two statements, Spider? That just... That doesn't sound right. doesn't sound right. You either did it or you didn't do it. And making multiple statements within the span of maybe about 48 hours makes you look pretty guilty, man. Now, on the other subject where statements have been issued was the... <laughs> I don't even know what to call it. The meltdown, I would say, by Conor McGregor last week in Bellator in Dublin, Ireland at the Three Arena. McGregor made his statement. He apologized like really a backhanded uh, apology because he apologized and then he just jumped all over Goddard and what he was doing. And then Goddard made a statement after that just to give his side of things after reading both of them. I mean, they, they both have points. Um, you know, McGregor was like, hey, he was doing wrong by trying to say that the fight shouldn't be over and that uh, that the other fighters should be able to continue to fight. Goddard was saying, I didn't get a chance to say or do anything because you jumped in the ring before the fight was over and before I knew whether or not the bell had sounded. It was too loud. 
and you know he was still trying to do his job and keep control of the ring also make the proper call as far as the other fighters ability to fight but McGregor just messed it all up and like I said they had beef that took place at Artem Lobov's last fight too now what I didn't know is that back in Cage Warriors Goddard cornered somebody who fought against and lost to McGregor and that really may be where all of the animosity stems from between McGregor and Mark Goddard I don't know but it's made for uh, some nice drama over the past month and I've enjoyed it broken by Lance Pugmire of the LA Times Chris Cyborg will defend her featherweight title at UFC 219 versus Holly the preacher's daughter home the UFC has been trying very very hard to get a headlining title fight for this card the card is only about 40 days away and until today nobody knew who's going to headline the card had a lot of good fights on the card but no headliners no title fight UFC their motto is if we're doing a pay-per-view we gotta give you something to watch and that something is a title fight they don't do a pay-per-view without a title fight they've done it in the past as a matter of fact the last one that I can remember was Anderson Silva's return against Nick Diaz but that's the last one that I can remember since then if it's a pay-per-view then there's gonna be a title fight and they finally got this one done it was rumored earlier this week and actually I should say late last week is when everything started brewing uh, after UFC 120 or I should say UFC Fight Night 120 in Norfolk which we'll talk about in a later segment Tyron Woodley said it was a possibility that he would be fighting before the year was up and stay tuned. Then Nate Diaz's camp, uh, one of his trainers put out something saying that he was training to fight. Everyone put two and two together. That's the fight that was trying to be made, but it did not get made. Instead, Holly Holm gets to fight Cyborg and I can't wait. Cyborg is the most feared fighter in the UFC right now and I can't wait to see her do her thing oh my goodness oh she's gonna kill it and the thing I'm most happy about is with Cyborg doing this on her own and headlining she'll be able to show her star power because this will be the last fight on her contract she can go do whatever she wants to after this and Bellator is out there and they do have a 145 pound division and they would love to have Cyborg in Bellator fighting so if she can do well and this does well as far as pay-per-view is concerned it gives her so much leverage going into negotiations so uh, I'm all for Cyborg team Cyborg all day long speaking of female champions Joanna champion that's right I'm still calling her Joanna champion even though she doesn't have the belt anymore she said that 
she's not coming back to fight again until mid-2018 and that the UFC has promised her when she comes back, whoever has the belt at strawweight, that's who she'll be fighting. She doesn't know if it's going to be Rose, if Rose will still have the belt, if Rose is going to wait that long, or if she's going to fight someone else and they might get the belt. Either way it goes, Joanna Champion said, I'm coming back for my belt. I may not have the belt, but I built the division. That's my belt, and I'm coming back after it. And this was all said through in cage Poland. Uh, thank you so much to Flow Combat for translating things from Polish into English. Speaking of returns and mid-2018, Conor McGregor's coach John Kavanaugh said that's probably when he'll be coming back. There was word recently that Kat Zangano is going to be coming back in 2018. Word on the street is that Steve Miocic that his contract his contract talks are going well and that he should be back in the cage in the first quarter of 2018 uh, speaking of people signing and things of that nature Donald Jacob Hager aka Jack Swagger has signed with Bellator this week he'll be fighting at heavyweight uh, we all know he was a WWE star he also may or may not know that he was a champion in amateur wrestling in college so uh, he's got that background and we've seen others do well transitioning uh, time will tell as far as Jack Swagger is concerned UFC Fight Night 120 Poirier versus Pettis on Veterans Day was all it was cracked up to be oh man it was just a phenomenal phenomenal night of fights and a quick recap Dustin Poirier stopped Anthony Pettis in the third round by an injury actually uh, Pettis just tapped out Poirier had him in a triangle he was trying to turn over something happened and he tapped out but before that they were going at it, going at it on the feet. Lots of scrambling on the ground. And Pettis was cut, so it made for a more slippery environment. But he was trying his best to catch uh, Dustin Poirier in something. He kept going for triangles, kept going for arm bars, just kept at it, trying to submit him. And that's how everything happened with him being in that triangle the uh, body lock triangle from the bottom because of the blood and the sweat and things that were going on he had been able to turn out of being on his back where Poirier was getting ready or was attempting to choke him out was able to turn into his guard because of all that but he turned one too many times and it was it for him Matt Brown which was supposed to be his farewell fight stopped Diego Sanchez with a nasty elbow strike had him up against the cage held him up lined him up with one hand boom came with that elbow and it was over I mean Diego just fell 
in a pile just crumpled up in a pile it was whoo yeah it was it was vicious I, I wish that Matt Brown will go out on that high note I wish that Diego Sanchez will go out on that low note and I said last week that Andre Arlovsky was fighting on this card as well and that I really wanted him to to call it quits too he did win his fight against Julia Albini and people made fun of Albini's uh, Reebok fight kit However, Caleb Beatty said that it is a tip of the hat to the style of fighting and the clothing worn historically by the style of fighting, the style of martial arts that Albini trains in. Uh, he won the fight and he was like, yes, I feel great. I'm going to fight some more. It's like, no, don't fight anymore. Stop now. But anyway, um, fighters die hard when it comes to leaving it all in the ring and leaving the ring Matthew Lopez lost to Rafael Asuncao and Asuncao got a performance of the night bonus for a phenomenal knockout Asuncao went for a flying knee, missed with that just like Matt Brown lined up Diego Sanchez Rafael Asuncao did the same thing, lined up Lopez and then then he caught him with a right and it was time for some Teddy Pendergrass turned off his lights man I mean just a one hit a quitter that was all she wrote now the voices marquee matchup for the undercard was Marlon Moraes versus John Dodson that was a pretty even fight on paper before time I mean really they uh, they both had even numbers going in and it was a very very even fight in the cage as well but one of the weirdest split decisions that I've ever seen uh, Marlon Marais got the split decision two judges had it 30 to 27 for him while another judge had it 30 to 27 for John Dotson how did that one judge see all three rounds for someone who nobody else, the other two judges, didn't see one round for? Crazy. Now, the voices marquee matchup for the main card, which I didn't talk about, was Clay Guida and Joe Lozon. And Guida knocked Joe Lozon out. Oh, man, it was a great, great fight. Bellator 188 takes place on November 16th in Tel Aviv, Israel. It will be on tape delay via Spike tonight and the main card pits Noad Lahat fighting Jeremy Labiano at 145 pounds and Lahat is the favorite in this fight. Jason Radcliffe is going to be taking on John Salter and Salta is the favorite. Now, the voices marquee matchup for this card pits Denise Kiholtz, who is the Bellator kickboxing champion, against Jessica Middleton. This is only Kiholtz's second MMA fight. She's taking on a strong vet in Middleton, who is favorited, and I'm looking forward to seeing 
how this turns out. I've seen Keyholtz fight as far as kickboxing is concerned. Got to see her at Dynamite when it was here in St. Louis. So, you know, I, I know about her, seen her fight, like her style. Middleton, uh, like I said, is a vet. So looking forward to seeing how all this turns out. Hayam Gozali will be fighting as well on this card. Yet another uh, Israeli native. And he'll be taking on Arsen Fatovich, who is favored. UFC Fight Night 121. Verdum versus Tybur takes place in Sydney, Australia. It'll be shown here stateside on November the 18th. The day where people who are really, really close to being perfect are born. Hint, hint, wink, wink. Yeah, it's your man, the boy's birthday. Anyway, Tabur will be taking on Verdun. And initially, this was supposed to be Tabur facing Mark Hunt. But after Hunt started talking about things in Australia's version of the Players' Tri- Tribune about how all of the fights that he has had have taken their toll on him the ufc pulled him from the card the co-main event pits newcomer to the ufc jesse jess jessica rose clark versus beck rawlings and that's a pretty even matchup beck rawlings has a slight very slight advantage as far as the odds are concerned. Now, the Voices Marquee matchup for the main card pits Bilal, remember the name, Muhammad, against Tim the Dirty Bird means. Both of these guys bring it, and yeah, I'm really looking forward to that fight. Bohan Velokovic is going to be fighting Jake Matthews, who is the favorite to win that fight. Elias the Spartan Theodoro is going to be taking on Daniel Dad by Kelly. I don't know if that's his, I don't believe that is his nickname. As a matter of fact, I know that's not his nickname, but that's what everybody calls him, his Dad by. And uh, Theodoro is favored to win that fight. And then, last but not least, Shane Young is taking on Alexander Volkanovsky who is the biggest favorite on the main card. And that should be the curtain jerker for said main card. Now, the Voices Marquee matchup for the undercard is a grudge match. Pitting Nick Lentz versus Will Brooks. There are some decent fights on this undercard. So if you are able to catch it, I would definitely tell you uh, to do so. But that's the fight. Nick Lentz and Will Brooks have history. They used to train together at ATT. Nick Lentz left recently, and it's not been good between both of them. They've been going back and forth at it. They were supposed to fight earlier this year, and I feel like Will Brooks got hurt. I forget something. Have, no, no, no. Nick Lentz had a bad weight cut. That's what it was, and they were unable to fight. So they're doing it again as long as he makes the weight. I have not seen the 
results of the weight cuts. Yeah, or I should say of the weigh-ins. Yeah, but as long as Nick Lentz makes weight, they will do it again. He was sick last time too. Had some kind of bug or something going on. So hopefully things are much better. But yeah, that should be a great, great fight. And I'll throw in a bonus fight for you as well, which is Rashad Coulter versus Ty. I'm not even going to try to pronounce his last name, but he is from Australia. He signed with the UFC back in 2016, but has been out with an injury. So this will be his UFC debut, and this will be on Fight Pass. He's a rugby player, and he is flying the aboriginal flag of Australia as he comes into the ring. Young man, only 24 years of age, should be a phenomenal phenomenal fight to keep up with all things track star sports like the track star sports facebook page join in the discussion on the debate fuel facebook group you can follow us on twitter at debate fuel and on instagram at track star sports new content gets released every day except for sunday on anchor.fm forward slash trackstar sports. You can also listen to the Debate Fuel podcast on SoundCloud. Please subscribe to our podcast on Apple and or Google Play. Until next time, it's your man the voice, Trackstar Sports MMA correspondent, bringing you the Trackstar Sports. MMA main card and I'm sounding